Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovidencecrier.com. With me as always, we got BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Wednesday, January 19th, and the Friars are back from COVID pause, and so is the Crier Podcast, BOC. Uh, you know, we had an episode last weekend, uh, or last week, rather, previewing the games that ended up never happening, so that was good. Um, but uh, we decided with no games, not a ton to talk about, that we wouldn't have another episode. You know, I was in Florida. I was going to record in Florida, like I told you all in the last episode, but that kind of fell through. But we're back. I'm back in the cold. And uh, BLC, you ready for some hoops this week, finally? Yeah, I'm ready. It's been uh, – it'll be, what, 12 days since our last game by the time we tip off. So um, it's exciting to – it's exciting to get to see the Friars back on the court. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I did enjoy the lack of stress last week. It's nice to be 14 and two, not have to worry about any games and see our ranking go up with us not playing any games. That was a beautiful thing. It um, sure was, BLC. Very yeah, nor- Normally, normally, like when it comes to end of January, early February, you and I are figuring out how many wins we have to have in a row to get into the freaking NCAA tournament. And now, you know, you're looking at some bracketology. You see us anywhere from like a four seed to a six or seven seed. It's like, I don't know. Do we, do we need to play any more games? Um, <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. I mean, but- we could take the UConn approach, right? And go like 15 and three, like we did last year or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, but no, I mean, that, that is all great BLC, but I mean, part of me, I don't think we'll collapse, but I, I just hope that we don't have to spend this January and February being like, all right, how many can we afford more to draft? Cause now we're all somewhere where we're in a slump, but uh, hopefully that well, doesn't happen. But. Remember, remember the uh, the Dunn and Bentel year. We started out super hot. I think we were ended up like top ten at one point, and yep. we if it's tough to remember, but we were atrocious in Big East play. Yeah. Like we were not good in Big East play. Like the reason why we made it is because of our outer conference games, and thankfully we've started we've started Big East play tremendously. We're second in the Big East behind Villanova. Uh, we're four and one, and we have two games coming up this week. Um, Regardless of the number of players, we're not going to make some excuses like other programs and head coaches. Regardless of the number of players, we have two we have two games we should win. So we should we should be heading into next week at six and one in, in the Big East. Yep. So we will definitely take a look into Thursday's game against Georgetown, and we'll have another episode for you for uh, Sunday's tilt with Butler. Um, 
But I, I think for this episode, let's just cap, recap the weekend or week that was. Um, first off, you know, obviously PC gets to Omaha. What was it like uh, three hours before game time or something? They announced yeah, that we have COVID, kind of inevitable, right? I mean, we escaped this last year. We didn't have any pause. The only thing that we had to deal with was rescheduling other teams' pauses. And so far this year, it was trending that way. But, I mean, I feel like you had to have seen it coming at some point. And let's be honest, probably a blessing in disguise. You got A.J. Reeves being hurt. You got um, that, that brutal stretch that we we're talking about, five games in 12 days. Um, including, you know, the rematches against Seton Hall in UConn. So, honestly, PC kind of lucks out. I, mean, I guess that's why we're the number one team in luck, BOC, right? Yeah. I, dude, would you want to play a streak of games, UConn at home, uh, Creighton on the road, Seton Hall on the road? Like, no, nobody wants to do that, regardless if you're freaking Bale, even though Baylor lost it. Baylor, Gonzaga, or anybody, like, those are a tough three-game stretch, so – and we have Reeves hurt too. So am I, am I upset that we didn't play? No, not, not really. <laughs> no. And like, especially if you look around the league, uh, around the country, really um, ton of teams went down. Didn't you shared a tweet with me of teams that lost? No, I put that together, dude. I, I just, I was watching it because if you remember when we, when we first had things canceled, you were, you tweeted something that was like, "Hey, if we don't play any games at all, how many uh, spots are we going to go up?" And I said, "I I think I actually got it right. I think I said two. But if you looked at all the teams that lost in the top twenty-five, we should have been we should have moved up higher than uh, twenty-one from twenty-three. We should have been like nineteen or eighteen or so because there were a lot of teams ahead of us that lost. But whatever, man. If you're not going to play and still move up two spots, who the heck cares? Yeah, you'll take it. Um, so so last week. You know, pretty big week in the Big East. You had that. Uh, do we talk about that? That UConn escapes in overtime against St. John's. Uh, no, we didn't talk about. We didn't no, talk about is, that because right. they did Seen Hall too. Right. So, um, and then you had Villanova go to Xavier, get a win. All of a sudden, they're now six and one. It's like, oh my god, you got to be kidding I know. me! Just when you think Nova is dead and done it's like like now i kind of know what 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 uh opposing teams felt like their fan bases felt when you know the ravens thought they ended the pats dynasty that didn't happen uh yeah Pats might be dead but hey you know keep doubting the pats they'll be back but uh but yeah now i know how i feel when like it's like oh you think this team has finally met their their maker they're finally going to be done and Villanova all of a sudden has caught fire in his six and one in the conference. Um, but you look around uh, the rest of the league, Seton Hall, man. Oh boy. I, I sent out that video on the beach in Fort Myers on Saturday. I, you know, I was at a bachelor party, so obviously I wasn't too locked in, but I was following along. I pulled up some games on my phone, uh, watching some of the games and man, Seton Hall, what a week they had, huh? Yeah, it's remember when uh, people thought we were lunatics for ranking them seventh in the Big East. What are what are they now? They're currently eighth or ninth, if I recall. So, uh, yeah, there's a long it's a long conference it's a long conference play. But maybe you and I know a thing or two about what we're talking about. But it's on, honestly like what 
is plaguing them is what we talked about. Like they don't have consistent guard play. Like Aiken will go off and then not be not show up the next game. Harris will bomb a few threes and then not do that the next game. Roden's not consistent enough. Um, Roden's just like, not. I mean, I've said this from day one. Like Roden's just not. He's a guy I would definitely want on my team, no doubt about it. Very talented yeah. player, but he wouldn't be my number one option. Like, because he just can't. I just feel like he just can't create for himself. He's not a great shooter. Um, he's more he's of a complimentary player. Uh, he would be a perfect fryer, actually, but yeah, but not oh, as your God. number one. Huh? He'd be he'd be a per- he'd be a perfect fit on our team. He yeah. hustles. He works hard. He's gritty. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think he's a I don't think he's the number one option on offense. And I think Seen Hall's kind of forcing him to be that. Maybe they're going to start to transition to Aiken being that a bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The biggest the biggest is a meat grinder, man. You just you sure. Never know what you're so, get. yeah. So Seen Hall, you know, goes into the week ranked 20th. Obviously, they we beat them without Tyree Samuel and uh, uh, Iki. E.K. Obiagu, but uh, so they're all now back. And what is seen in like the Steno fan base? Like, oh, we were smoke PC, we only lost by five, like, we didn't have anyone, like, blah blah blah. That's all we had to hear about. And what does seen Hall do? They go on a two game road trip, uh, this past week, give up 96 points to DePaul. I'm so pumped for DePaul, man. I that team is talented, I told you, and like, of course. They start biggest play 0 4, I believe it was. The default uh, way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is. But like they got a talented squad. I, I think Subblefield's onto something there at DePaul. And man, to give up 96 points, like not, not even overtime. That was just regulation. They lose 96 yeah. 92 in that game. And then they fall it up going to Marquette, you know, tough game to go to Marquette. Marquette's obviously really hot right now. Um, and you're playing them two days after you just played. Um, I, I'm not making excuses for the Paul, uh, for seeing all their fans will make plenty of them for them. Uh, but yeah. obviously a hard game. They lose a close one, 73, 72. Um, I didn't see the call. Was it really bad? It had to do with inbounding running the baseline. No. So, um, trying to look, think here who it was Greg Elliott had the ball. So th- it was a, the call that they made was a horrendous call, but Marquette fans, there's some validity to what they're saying. So um, Elliot pump baked and he drove to the left and he was grabbed by Aiken on the arm, but like subtle enough where you don't call it, even though it was a foul. Elliot pump faked two or three times. Aiken didn't bite and basically Elliot threw his elbows into Aiken's face and they called a foul on Aiken. It was, mm. that call was absolutely atrocious. Um, but if you call call a spade a spade, I think uh, Aiken did grab him a little bit. But I think regardless, you don't make any of those calls, especially in the last couple seconds. You just let them play. Because uh, Elliot was clearly not even looking to make the shot. He was just looking for a foul call on that, and he got bailed out. Yeah. So, so Hall drops two. Uh, that was pretty much the biggest news in the Big East on the week, I think. Yeah. Um, but UConn back in the top 25 now. Um, oh wait, no, they were last week. What am I thinking? Right, they were right behind us. No, no. I, think, I think this is their this we're is their out. first week. Yeah. yeah, they're back in. I was thinking of Seth Davis's poll that had them in, even though they played good one game. Good for you, good for UConn. I'm happy for them. Glad they yeah, make our win look a little better. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we can schedule that game too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look across the country, dude. Insane how many good teams lost to yeah. to unranked teams. Like unbelievable. Baylor um, Baylor lost twice for the first time in two in a row in something like over a thousand days. So basically, what is that? Three years? It's crazy. Yeah. And and, and yeah, so they lose to Texas Tech. Nice for the Friars, obviously. Yeah. Uh Without Terrence Shannon, that was a great game. Um, but, yeah, that that loss snapped, like, a ton of streaks for them, including, like, Big 12 winning streak. It was at 20-something. Home yeah. win streak was at, like, God knows what. And they dropped two at home, um, obviously losing their number one ranking. Um, you look around the rest of the country, uh, UCLA. I, got the, I have the list. I have the list. I just pulled it up from what I sent okay. you guys. Baylor lost. Twice, USC lost. I think USC might have lost. USC lost. They were five. Um, let's see, Michigan UCLA State. Lost. UCLA lost. Well, so Michigan. USC and UCLA both lost to Oregon, who was yep, exactly. really bad. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're kind of having like a fryer type uh, run. Resurgence. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State, Bama, Xavier to to uh, Nova, Ohio State. Michigan State, Texas Tech, LSU, Tennessee, Texas. Those are all top 25 teams that lost and seen all twice. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like Baylor, I didn't realize they lost again. There was the Oklahoma State, too, a team. Not that, that great. Not very good. So, um, yeah, Arkansas beat LSU at home. Um, well, LSU was at home, I should say. Um, Northwestern beat Michigan State. Yep, good for us. Win for, for PC's resume. Obviously, we talked about Hall dropping two. Um, so, yeah, just it was a crazy week in, in college hoops w- with the upsets. Um, and it was, and yeah, it was just, re- it was real, it was really nice to just be sitting on the sidelines and just taking it all in. <laughs> just don't have to worry about it. I, I was busy getting my tan on. I, it's already <laughs> gone. Great. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that leads PC jumping up to 21 in the country now. Um, and uh, I just feel like I, I do worry about coming back from this pause because I, I feel like the results are kind of all over the place. Um, we do have an easy week, as we'll preview Georgetown momentarily here. But uh, I don't know, just something about coming out of the pause. I, I'm a little worried, obviously. Um we don't know who will be available. Um, yeah. So it, it's a week where PC should go two and zero, and if they do, that would put them at six and one in the conference, sixteen and two. And now we're really thinking higher and higher seed here, um, or lower the the whatever you want to look at it. But I don't know. I'm a little nervous about this. Is uh? Can you be lucky at sixteen and two, or at some point does that narrative just go right out the freaking window? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the case would be. I will say we do luck out a bit by not having to play Hall, you know, as, as we're recording this on Tuesday. We'd be playing right now. Uh, not having to play a, a, a Hall team coming off two losses at their barn. I mean, I'll take that. But, uh, yeah, what, but dude, insane. I, as I said in the group chat, man, we've had, over the years, we've had so many unlucky breaks, whether it's playing Dayton and Dayton. Lido being ineligible, Dunn being hurt, Dunn not being able to play with Cotton, um, 
there's so many things that come up the COVID year where we were the hottest team in the country. We've gotten so many unlucky breaks. Like who cares? Who cares if this, these things are breaking our way. We shouldn't have like, and I know this because I'm Irish, like the Irish guilt about it. Like who cares? I'll just keep winning. I don't care how, as long as we get a W who cares. I don't either. And of course, I mean, I think that's looking at the Ken Palm numbers for PC. I mean, they're solid both offensively and defensively. Really the issue in their, um, their strength of schedule overall is good. Um, but I think really what has to be killing them is the tempo, the lock. So being number one uh, in lock, tempo, I think they're like in the 200s. Also, also what kills them, I think, is doesn't margin of victory, margin of losses take into account? Like, think oh, about yeah. our I mean, it's all style points. Think about our, but the thing, the reason why I'm saying that is our, most of our wins have been relatively close, like not too many blowouts. Our two losses have been two blowouts, so that doesn't help yeah. our metrics. Yeah, and then another thing, our non-conference like rank of efficiency is not great either. It's like two forty, or excuse me, one forty. Um, so, and I mean, look no further than Virginia. Tony still can't clean it up for me. It started to look like he was cleaning, and then no, they're not cleaning. Uh, they lost. They lost a wake at home over the weekend. So, all right. Well, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll preview Georgetown in the overall. You know, returning to hoops here for the Friars. But quick. But first, a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right. Welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. Okay, BOC, back on the floor, back, back taking the court again. The Friars, two games this week, two very winnable games this week, uh, facing the, the bottom of the barrel right now in the Big East in Georgetown. And Butler, uh, we'll get, we'll have our Georgetown preview out coming up. Um, and the Butler game we'll address in another podcast. But just in general, two games this week, two games that you think PC should should absolutely win. Um, but they're coming off pause. And I don't know, I'm a little nervous about this. So yeah. put me at ease. Well, yeah, it's funny how you've turned into the pessimist and I'm the optimist yeah. in this group. It's how, how times have changed. Um, so the biggest concern for us is our team. Uh, I hate using that like coaching cliche, just worry about yourself and not the other team. But like it's true in this instance, because if we – roll out our normal squad. I think we beat this Georgetown team nine out of 10 times, if not 19 out of 20 times. Um, they're six and eight and 0 and three in conference for a reason. There's not a great team right now. Uh, they have a stud freshman in Aminu Muhammad, who is probably going to win rookie of the year. He's averaging 14 to nine about. Um, they have the stud from Biggie's tournament last year, Dante Harris, sophomore point guard, and they have two sharpshooters in Kerry and Rice, but they just can't seem to put it all together. Um, so if we, if we had the biggest concern or the biggest roadblock here is if we only have seven or eight players, um, and if that happens, you have, you may have to lean on some players that have bigger roles than they're normally used to. And it's just, you know, you get out of your normal flow and your rotations. So that's my biggest concern heading into this game, um, is how many players we're going to have available. We should have that known by game day or a little bit before game day. Then the only other concern I have is if Georgetown just, shoots the crap out of the ball from deep. I, when, when prepping for this game and writing the article, something that really caught my eye, and it's just 
you never see two things on such polar opposite spectrums. They are the number one team in the Big East in terms of three-point field goal percentage. But if you look at their normal field goal percentage, they're last in the Big East. So basically, if you run them off the three-point line and don't let them make threes, we have a really good shot of winning because they can't seem to convert in the inside the perimeter, uh, inside three-point line. So it's kind of long-winded, but you can run them off three-point line, make sure they don't hit a ton of threes. I like our chances, even even if we have a shortened uh, lineup. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big thing is, so Cooley came out and said that he actually had COVID, uh, that that he was one of them. And he said that, you know, they'll be good to go come Thursday. And it's kind of vague. He says, we'll have the seven available players. So I don't know if that means we have more than, if we have everyone or just seven. Uh, uh, yeah, but there's no there's no reason for him to let Georgetown know who's ready and who's not ready. So I oh, kind of yeah. get that. Oh, of course not. Yeah. But for us, looking at the game, I mean, that's obviously going to be critical because it's like, okay, if we have seven guys and two of those guys are the Fonts brothers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, what do we do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen. We've shown this year we can win without Bynum. Um, we've played without Reeves. It hasn't been as good, but we, we've still beat St. John's without Reeves. Um, so we've shown the ability to win without some of our key cogs here, which, you know, that's great. But I, I'm just very concerned about who's going to be available for this game and then how it transpires from there. Because if you think about it, uh, Gadeen and Case had it recently. So I'm just going to assume and guess that it wouldn't be them who are out. <laughs> yeah. So now you're, yeah. Yeah. Now you play this game of who's like, we're definitely going to be missing a key player here and who is it going to be? Dude, like you and I have talked about this in, in our articles and the pods. It's like, that's not Cooley's way to blame COVID or anything like that, and nor should it be the players or our fans' way. It's everybody's everybody's being affected by this, and like we got some wins when some starters on other teams were out, and it is what it is. Like we knew it was going to happen to us, and we just need to roll with the punches. And if we have eight players, and two of those eight are not your traditional rotation players, hey, look at his on the upside. Like this is their chance to shine and maybe earn some more playing time. Like you can't go into the game scared. So I think Cooley's got a deep enough team where even if we're missing, you know, potentially two stars of ours and maybe three rotation players, I think we'll be okay. They just need to play within themselves. Yeah, for sure. So here's the one thing that concerns me about the Georgetown game. And I know this team's a different team than last year. Um, we've added a lot new pieces. We're way more connected. Um, playing much better hoops. But last year, January 30th, wow. Providence, they get the game against Georgetown canceled uh, in, in Providence. That game was canceled due to Georgetown having COVID issues. Was never made up, and they ended up playing them once. And that was at Georgetown. Going into the game, the Hoyas were 3-8. and eight, And PC was... Nine and seven. And so you and I were still a 
upon the belief, yeah, it's not going well, but there's still time here and they can maybe turn this thing around. And you get to that game. Yeah. <laughs> Georgetown beats Providence 73-72. That was the game Duke missed the free – he had two free throws, hit one, missed a second. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, PC loses that game. Y'all know what happens with Georgetown. They end up getting hot, uh, and they turn the thing around. Now, obviously, I don't think that's definitely going to happen again this year, but it does get me a little worried because they're a young team, uh, the Hoyas. They definitely have some good pieces. It's hard to argue that. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, he's an absolute beast. I've watched him. Very skilled player. Um, Dante Harris, proven that he can lead a team to a Big East Conference ter- uh, tournament championship. So they clearly have talent. Um, and with them sitting at 6-8, and 0-3 in conference, just uh, it just concerns me as a trap game. I'll be interested to see the line on the game for Thursday. Uh, that will come out later in the week. But I think they're I think they're they may not even put one out until like <laughs> right before the game because you just don't know what the heck. Yeah. I don't know what it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean it's, it's totally true. And uh, unfortunately for us, I think we won't find out who's in or who's out until they're friggin' warming up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, I honestly. Um but yeah, obviously it's a winnable game. Obviously, Province is the better team. They've shown that all year. I, I like, I'm just getting worried. I, I just get worried now that we're riding so well that, that, that something's going to go wrong. And I mean, you kind of alluded to it when we were talking about the luck thing, BOC. We've had so many unlucky breaks happen. So I don't know. I, the crier is just a little nervous about this week, but hopefully they take care of business and get 2 0. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? No, I'm calm, cool, and collected. I think we're going to be all right. All righty. All right, well, um, make sure you follow along. Again, I'm at Province Crier on Twitter. He's at BOC all day. Follow, uh, follow along on our blog as well, theprovincecrier.com. We'll have the Georgetown preview out. We'll obviously have this podcast out. Uh, we'll get some recap stuff too. I think we were talking we were talking right before the show that our idea is to record after the Georgetown game with it being an early game. Love it. Love yeah, well, the game won't end past BOC's bedtime, so yeah, uh, we might record right after and give you our instant reactions. Um, but yeah, until that time, have a good one, Friday time. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. If it do, when I'm way about a hoop, Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And you see me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah 